Good morning. How are we doing today? Awesome. Welcome to New City Church. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors. It's really good to see you this morning. So as your pastor, one of the things that we do as teachers is we, hey, God, what do you want to say? Where, where are we as a, in a season of a church, and, and what, do, what do you want us to communicate from your word? And so today I'm going to teach you from my very favorite verse in Scripture. I'm going to teach you my very favorite verse. Last week I talked to you about my very favorite chapter in all the Bible, John 15. Like if I was on a, stranded on a desert island and I could only have one page of the Bible, I would pick John 15. Today I want to teach you about my favorite verse. And it can be your favorite verse too. I don't have royalties on it, right? I don't have a trademark on this verse. It can become your favorite verse if you don't have one. But it's found in the Bible in the New Testament in Matthew 6.33. Now, before we get there, right, I have to talk about why we're going to do this. Like today's, today's message is not a new message. Today's message is me continuing to refill your vision bucket. Like some of us know, when I said the words uh, connect, serve, and grow, some of you were like, oh, yeah, I know those. Some of you, you heard them for the first time. Today's message, some of you are going to be like, oh, I know this. I've heard this before. Others of you, it's going to be for the first time. And so I want you to play along with me. I want to talk about vision really quick. And so would you just put your hands out in front of you and pretend like you're holding an invisible bucket? Come on, play along. I got, I got you're holding a bucket. It don't care how big it is. It can be a little bucket. It can be a big one. It just depends on, on you, all right? And pretend that this bucket is your vision. It's your why you do spiritual things. It's why you do what you do. It's why you live the way you live. It's why you marriage the way you marriage. It's why you friend the way you friend. So you got, you got, you got, hold, keep on your bucket. I know your arms are getting tired, but it's okay. Hold your bucket. See, Leandra's smart. She's got a little bucket. She's just doing this, right? I want you to look inside your bucket. <laughs> you guys are like, you guys are really doing this. This is awesome. Okay. In your bucket, there's a little bitty hole. And that vision leaks. Vision leaks. Look at your neighbor that you came with this morning and say, you got a leaking problem. You got a leak. You're leaking. You're leaking. Here's how you know. You start grumbling about things. You start going, why do I got to park across the street? What do I have to do? Why, Matt, why do I have to serve? Why? Why? And we become like those Israelites in the desert a long time ago who are walking and grumbling. And it's not because you're evil. It's because you're human. You're human, and over time, the vision leaks out of your bucket, and it's my responsibility, along with our elders, to refill, recast that vision of why. Here's what the scripture says in a, a, a proverb. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you. It's Proverbs 29, 18. It says, without revelation, people run wild, but one who follows divine instruction will be what? As a young leader, I heard it like this. With, with, where there is no vision, the people perish. Like when your vision leaks completely out of your bucket, you're a mess. You start doing stupid stuff. You stop living for Jesus and you start living for the world. You stop, uh, like there are certain things that some of us in this room that we do on purpose so that we can follow Jesus. And when we forget why, we go back to our old habits that led to pain and mess and misfortune. And so sometimes one of the reasons why it's important to make church friends and be here on Sunday is every Sunday it is my goal, one of my goals, to refill your vision bucket on why you do the things you do, why you pray, why you read, why you bring your family to church. Like, why? Because without that vision, man, you're just going to do the best you can, and you're probably going to do that by watching the world around you. And you're going to think like they think, you're going to live like they live, and you're going to date like they date, you're going to do marriage like they do marriage, and then you're going to be like, why is this all hard? Why does this all not work? Here's why. It's because you have stepped away from that. What's that word? Divine, uh, what's it? How to say? Divine instruction. 
Where does our divine instruction come from? God's word, right? Where there is no divine instruction, we begin to struggle as a people. My friend Mary Sutherland, she says this about life. She says the problem with life is that it's daily. Right? The problem with life is that it's daily. And some of us, if we're honest, the hole in your vision bucket's bigger than others. And you just kind of, you know, ah, ah. Like, like, and your friend or your spouse is like, dude, you got to go to church. You need some new city in your life. And so this morning, I want to refill your vision bucket with what Jesus talked about the most. Because what's the last word of Proverbs 29, 18? Let's put that back up on the screen. 29, 18, what's that last word? Raise your hand if you'd like to be happy. Come on, isn't that the easiest question you've been asked all day? Like, if you had to choose between being miserable or happy, what are you going with? If you had to choose between sad and happy, what are you going with? I like to be happy too. And that also makes you human. It doesn't make you bad. Like, there is something in you that you enjoy being happy rather than being angry, being sad, being miserable. And today I want to talk to you about my favorite scripture and why when we apply it, we can have a happy life. Okay, so let's go to this. It's Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33, let's read the verse, and then we're going to unpack it. So Matthew 6.33, Jesus says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Can we read that one together? Let's read it as a church body. Maybe uh, this is a, a good scripture for you to process this week, and it's good for us to speak it. Maybe you haven't read the Bible in a long time, so let's, let's just kind of move away from that, and let's have a habit today of reading God's word. So let's read this scripture together. Jesus said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Now, this is fun because in this scripture, Jesus makes us a promise. But I want to focus on the end before we start at the beginning, okay? Because this is why this scripture became my favorite. Because I'm a guy who likes to win. I I like to win. Now, I'm not competitive like in sports. But if I'm going to do something, I want to win at it. Like if I want to make it better. I want to like get there as quick as possible, right? Look at how this scripture ends. And he will give you everything you need. And he will give you everything you need. Now, let's, let's do some um, quick processing here because sometimes we can just miss this. Who is the he in this, in this scripture? God the Father. Jesus is talking to his disciples. Actually, he's talking to a whole group of people. This is at the Sermon on the Mount time. And he's talking to a lot of people. And he says, and he, he being God the Father, will give you everything you need. See, this um, this is like a core, core biblical foundation that you need to build on. Because a lot of times we don't see God as provider. We see God as genie in the bottle. Everything. This is one of the things I'd love for you to begin to process. Everything that you have comes from God. Every, can you, this is my thinking. You may buy it at Target, because I just said everything comes from God, you're like, well, I just got it from Amazon. You know, God, God didn't bring it to my house, I got it from Target, I got it from Walmart. You may buy it at Target with the money paid to you by your employer that hired you because of your degree from K-State or KU, whatever, right? And KU might have enrolled you because of your test score or because of your student loan. But let's go with a test score that you got because you worked so hard studying, preparing, 
with the brain that God gave you and the talents that God gave you, and by the way, that he lets you borrow for a specific moment in time. Like there will come a day when your brain no longer functions as good as it used to. Some of you are already experiencing this, right? <laughs> right? But everything, like I, everything that I point to in my life and I call a blessing, I, I have to admit comes from God. This church family is a gift from God. My wife is a gift from God. My children, I have to remind myself, are a gift from God, right? No, they really are. I'm just messing with them. But they're a gift, right? The, the th- my friendships are a gift from God. And if we're not careful, if not careful, what happens is we begin to think, no, that's what I did that. I, I did that. And so can I illustrate something for you? Can I share with you my greatest fear? This is my biggest fear as a human being. Jennifer, will you be my illustration? Come on up. Just, all you got to do is stand. That's all you got to do. This is my friend Jennifer Gregor. She serves on the uh, First Impressions team. Just kind of stand right here. I'll meet you right here halfway. Okay. She serves. Say thank you, Jennifer, for serving. Awesome. I love Jennifer. So here's my greatest fear. You're going to be me. Thank you. Right? And I'm going to be God. All right? My greatest fear is that God says to Matt, oh, you're really that good? Let me just see how good you are. That freaks me out. What I like is Matt being responsible and being led by the Holy Spirit, right? Being fired up by the word of God, that God, it's so easy. He's not pressing down on me, but he just has his hand on my life saying, hey, we're going to do this together. That's a good place to be. Would you agree? But if you get cocky, or if I get cocky, and I'm like, hey, look at what I did. No, no, it ain't got nothing to do with God. It's got everything to do with me. I think sometimes God goes, oh, really? Let's see how good you do. Anybody ever experienced that in your life? That's not fun, right? And so, man, I want to be right here with the Lord. Thank you, Jennifer. Let's give Jennifer a hand. You are a great Matt. You are a fantastic Matt. Now, I believe this. If I trust in the Lord and he's doing this and he will give you everything you need, I'm pretty confident that if God has given me everything I need, guess what I am? Guess what mood I'm in? Happy. When God gives me everything I need, Matt has a great opportunity to be happy. When you don't have the things that you need, guess what happens? You're sad or you're stressed out or you're like, like, think about this. This is a, I want you to feel the weight of this. And it's not, I'm not making you any promises. This scripture is a promise from Jesus. And when Jesus speaks, we can take everything he says to the bank. Even if you don't believe that, here's the fun thing. He's big enough to take your doubt and turn it into fact. And so this morning, we're going to look at the whole verse now. Let's go back to all of Matthew 6, 33. Look at what Jesus promises them. He says, listen, on this backside, I'm going to, the Father will give you everything you need based on two things. This is an if-then statement. If you do this, Cheryl, then this is what the Father is going to do, right? It's like my kids. If you do this, then I'll take you to Andy's and get ice cream. Andy's is a great motivator in my home. This scripture is a great motivator in my life. And I want to share it with you this morning. Here are the two things that Jesus, right, commands us to do. Now, here's the deal. If you're here this morning, let me do some simple theology. If Jesus is who he claimed to be, he has every right to command to tell you what to do. Think about this. If Jesus really, that's why we say Jesus is Lord. We don't use that word a lot. It's like Jesus is boss. Jesus is your boss. 
That's the confession that he wants you to make. Like when, he, yes, I'm your savior. Yes, I'm going to rescue you. Yes, I'm going to pull you from these messes that you're in. But when I do, don't forget that other title that he is also the Lord of your life. He can, like some of us just struggle with being bossed around. But here's what I found. I've been following Jesus for 20-something years. He's an excellent boss. He, he, he's an excellent boss. He doesn't hurt you. He doesn't harm you. He leads you not well. He leads you great. He can be trusted. And in this scripture, he makes a promise. And the promise is, if you do two things, man, my Father in heaven, he will give you everything you need. Here are the two things. First thing he says is he says, seek first or seek above all else what? The kingdom of God. What does above all else mean? If you were writing a priority list of the things that Jesus said to do, what would go on line number one? I'm not trying to trip you up. I'm just trying to go, oh, that's what I do. If you were to make a priority list of all the things God wants you to do, what goes first? The kingdom of God. Jesus says, before you chase after anything else, I want you to chase after the kingdom of God. Before you chase after anything, before you chase after that relationship, before you chase after that fortune, before you chase after that career, chase after the kingdom. Those things are all good. I've got relationship. I've got career. I'd love to have more fortune, right? But it does, it's on the list. It's just not first. This morning, a practical step for some of us to take is to get our priority list in order. And what goes first, not because Pastor Matt says it, but because Jesus says it to his church, is chase the kingdom. Did you know that Jesus talked about the kingdom more than any other thing? Not only did he talk about the kingdom more than any other thing, he pointed people to it. Look at the Lord's Prayer. How many of you guys could stand up right now and quote the Lord's Prayer? Anybody? I'm not going to have you do it, but some of you could. Awesome. I'm going to put it on the screens. Look at the Lord's Prayer. So when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray, he tells them this. Here's just a portion of it. He says, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. That means set apart. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When Jesus teaches us to pray, he first starts after we acknowledge who God is, that wow piece that I taught you last week. The second thing that he begins to pray is that what, what happens in God's kingdom would happen on your kingdom. What happens in heaven would happen on earth. Now, this is really important. We, we talk about this a lot. Let me refill your vision. We must walk in the direction of our prayers. For example, if you're praying for God to bless you with work, and after you say amen and open your eyes, you turn on your PlayStation and play Red Dead Redemption 2 for the next six hours, that doesn't make any sense. If you're asking God for more work or different work, and you say amen and you open your eyes, then you should get out and beat the pavements, drive around, fill out resumes, and walk in the direction of that of which you've prayed. Does that make sense? Some of us have been mad at God because you're praying, but yet you say amen and then you do something totally different. This is very true with the Lord's Prayer. When we pray like Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we pray that, when we say amen, we should then walk in the direction of God's kingdom, not walk in opposition to it. And so what is God's kingdom? I'm going to give you three simple uh, phrases that if you put these into your life, you will be chasing after the kingdom of God. This is so simple, so simple, and it's fun. Can I tell you this? These three words are what I'm going to guarantee you. Everybody in your life, even the meanest person you know, likes these three words. When you, if you talk to them about God, they're probably going to go, I don't want to talk about that. If you talk about Jesus, they're going to freak out on you. But if you are these three things, I promise you, take it to the bank, you will have more friends. Because everybody, the meanest old man on your street, 
loves God's kingdom. The first word is this. It's three words that you can use to express the kingdom of God that he wants you to chase after, that Jesus tells you to chase after. The first expression would be prosperity. Prosperity. Not for you. This ain't a name it, claim it, blab it, grab it message. It ain't about you getting better. It's about wherever you go gets better. That's how I define prosperity is simply make it better. Make it better. Like when you go home, does home get better? Like dad's in the room. I'm going to speak to dads. I'm a dad. When you drive in the driveway, does your wife go, woohoo? Or, oh, crap, he came back. <laughs> right? Come on. Some of you have said the second one. What about your employer? When you go to work on Monday morning, are they like, oh, man, I was hoping he'd quit. Or are they like, man, I am so glad I hired him. What about your party? When you go to the party, do you bring the best dip? Or do you just like grab a box of cookies on the way in? Like, I mean, it's so silly, but wherever you go, make it better. That's why I like going to New City parties. We have the best dip. Yeah, great dips at New City Church. I love the dips we have, right? But in your life, like, think about it. You're going to go somewhere today. Will the place get better? Like, if you have lunch somewhere, are you going to be a jerk to your waitress, or will you represent the kingdom? Will you make it better? Will she be or he be so glad that they got your table? I mean, it's so, like, make, did Jesus not do this? Jesus was, everywhere he got, went, he made it better. Like, if you wanted to, why should I follow Jesus? Because the dude was fun. He was the best bartender that ever lived. Water to wine. I can't do that. Every sick person couldn't wait to be around him because he, got, he made them better. Friends couldn't wait to get their, uh, their lame or handicapped person to them because he was going to heal them. He was the best caterer. Just give him a little bit of food. He'll feed everybody. He, he just made it better. My friend Charlie Blair says, says there was one thing that Jesus wasn't good at, and that was an undertaker. Because every dead person he got around came back to life. Right? It was awesome. I bet he was even the best joke teller. There's no proof of this in the scripture outside of this one one. Can I tell you this one joke? It's fun. Here, here's my comedic relief for you today, right? What kind of car did Jesus drive? It says that he and the disciples arrived in one accord. Thank you. I'll be here again at 10, 10.30 if you want to come back for the 10, 10.30 show in this morning. Hey, how will you make it better this week? I mean, it's, listen, you can chase whatever or you can chase prosperity and choose to make it better. It's totally up to you. Jesus just says, hey, when you chase kingdom, make it better. Here's the second word, justice. Who doesn't love justice? Man, wherever Jesus went, um, it was made right. That's what justice means. Justice just simply means make it right. Who in your life doesn't have a voice? Who in your life is being taken advantage of? Who in your life is seeming to get pushed into the corner? Right? And how do you, as a person who is chasing kingdom, make it right? And yes, sometimes justice costs you. We're all for justice when it's best for us, right? But in God's kingdom, do you, for example, do you think in God's kingdom on prosperity, do you think there's going to be the other side of the tracks? Do you think there's going to be a low-income housing section in the kingdom of God? No way. Do you think in the kingdom of God there will be a need for a court system? No, there's no Judge Judy. I mean, Judge Judy may be in heaven, but not because she's a judge. Right? Because there's not going to be any. Why? Because it's just simply just. It's going to be right. And so we, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Like, how do you bring justice this week? How do you stand up for the least of these? How do you get in between somebody and a problem? That's kingdom. 
Here's the third expression, prosperity, justice, and integrity. Integrity is make it true. Make it true. This is the beautiful thing about Jesus. He never changed who he was because of his environment. Jesus never stopped talking about God because he was around unchurched people. Jesus never stopped representing God because he was with that crowd. Jesus never stopped because of whatever. He was always Jesus, always the Son of God, always pointing people to the Father by expression of the kingdom. But what about us? No, no, no. We are typically churched in certain environments, and then we try to blend in in others. Here's the thing. Some of you just need to hear this, and then maybe that's why you came to church today. Your friends don't need another guy or another girl to encourage them in the path they walk. What your friends need is a salty friend. What your friends need is somebody that's going to shine the light on their life because you care about them enough to speak truth in their life. There's enough people around you telling you what you want to hear. But sometimes what you want to hear is not what God is trying to say. And your friends, you, God is asking you and me as people who are pursuing and chasing and seeking kingdom to be salty people, to speak the truth in love. Not around wagging your finger in people's faces. The world doesn't want that. The world doesn't read that. But the world does say, you know what, man, Jerry, I'm for you enough that I see this in your life. I mean, i got to love you by telling you something that maybe you don't want to hear. And I'm not saying that you stand out on the corner and you're holding up a sign that just gives some hard truth to people. I'm talking about people who call you friend. I'm talking about people that you go to the Chiefs game with. I'm talking about people that you go to concerts with. I'm talking about people that you let watch your kids. They don't need just another buddy. They need somebody that will speak truth into their life. They need salty, salty friends. Prosperity justice, and integrity. Will you chase that this week? You know what? Everybody in your life likes people who make it better. Everybody in your life likes people who stands up when they're being wronged. And everybody in your life loves a person of integrity. You know how you know this? We all want to work for people of integrity. We all want to hire people of integrity. We just struggle having integrity ourselves. We want it in everybody else, but we struggle having it. Jesus says chase after it. That's the first thing. What are you going to chase this week? Will you chase Will you chase the kingdom of God? What are those three things? Tell them back to me. How will you do that, right? This is the application of the scriptures. Oh, I hear it. Now what will I do with it? Here's the second thing. If Jesus says one to chase uh, the kingdom, the second thing is this, and that is to live righteously, to live righteously. He says, Matt, he says, church family, if you will chase after my kingdom, prosperity, justice, and integrity, if you will chase after those things and you will live righteously, man, the Father in heaven, he's going to take care of everything you need. What does it mean to live righteously? This is a little harder, right? This is a little harder. I want to give you two things that will help you live righteously this morning. First one is this. There are two growth points. The first one is growing the Holy Spirit's working in your life. Raise your hand if you're going to leave church today. Like you're going to get in your car and you're going to go somewhere else. Okay, go ahead and raise it. Raise your hand if I'm going with you. Like I might be able to motivate you for 30 minutes, but Tuesday's coming and you don't live with me. But you know who will always be with you? Do you know who always is right there with you? It's the capital H-S, Holy Spirit. God's very big C counselor that he says that he is sending to us to remind us, to teach us, to guide us, to lead us. And as a people of God, as you leave a church, the Holy Spirit goes with you. He doesn't stay here. 
He goes with you. He is within you. And throughout your day, moment by moment, he is prompting your heart, guiding your life, at least trying to. And you can either grow in that or you can plug your ears to it. But the Holy Spirit will always push you to kingdom things. I'm telling you this. The Holy Spirit will push you towards prosperity. The Holy Spirit will push you towards justice. The Holy Spirit will push you towards integrity. He's not going to tell you to be a rebel rouser. He's not going to push you to take advantage of people. And he's not going to push you to be different than who God has called you to be. He's going to push you into the kingdom of God. And when he does it on Wednesday afternoon, you've got to decide, am I going to step into this truth or am I going to do what I want to do? Am I going to chase after the things of God or am I going to chase after what I want to do in this very moment? The ball is in your court. You are not controlled. You are led. So you can grow in the Holy Spirit. Here's the second one that will help you live righteously. This is a fun one. Is grow with your church friends. You need church friends. You need people that you meet with weekly that are helping you live righteously as you pursue the kingdom of God. You need people around you that are walking in the same direction. You need people around you who are also chasing after prosperity, who are also chasing after integrity, who are also chasing after justice. Like you need that in your life. That's why we're doing these believe groups. We're not doing this because our people don't have anything to do. It's so like, hey, everybody's bored, right? So let's just start 25 new things. Nobody in this room is bored. Everybody in this room is busy doing stuff. But there are some things that are more important than other things. I mean, I want to encourage you, man, to build those church friend relationships. They're going to encourage you to pursue the kingdom of God. 